Hello, everybody. Welcome to Don't Be a Scaredy Cat. I am Stephanie, and I will be your host today. This is episode five or six, episode six. All right, <laughs> moving right along. I'm glad you're here. I actually, uh, this is really funny. I got an email this morning from my uh, podcast host, the dashboard, uh, um, the system that I um host my podcast on and I was told that I had 19 downloads so thank you my hubby because I know where those downloads came from um my number one supporter I will always say that (laughs) Um, but I'm not supposed to know what those numbers are so I'm Maybe I am. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. It's, you know, as long as I'm not focused on, on that and, um, it allows me to move forward as if nobody is listening as I'm learning this whole process of podcasting and, um, you know, just walk on the journey. It is what it is. So here I am. Um, I want to talk today for a few minutes about um, something. I am in the process of recreating, redesigning my logo. And I am using Design Crowd, which is an amazing platform as the best designers. I'm um, really impressed with the caliber of designers that they have on that platform. But um, with that being said, so when you sign up to have your logo, have a logo designer, whatever it is that you're looking for, and you have designers submit that, you you know, you go through that process of eliminating designs. Um, you know, they're all really good, although there were a few that were a little off, okay, a lot off, um, but there were some that were really good, but obviously you have some that stand out and that are at the top of the list, but you have to start eliminating design. So this is, this became hard for me and not that it was hard to eliminate because I know what I want in regards to design, I know what I'm looking for, but they ask you, um, to rate the design on a star from, you know, one to five and creativity, the quality, the fonts and the colors. Um, and then you can ask them to try again or don't submit any more designs. So, you know, with me, um, and I guess I, you know, because of, first of all, I think I'm a really good codependent. Um, and because of my own insecurities and my own uh, fear of rejection or not feeling good enough, all of that stuff, you know, this all comes into play when it comes time to critiquing others. And even though I don't know these people and, you know, I, I understand what that feels like. So, um, when I'm eliminating the designs, I am giving them five stars, whether I like them or not, whether they were awful or not. And, and I did it because it makes me feel better. And when I think about it, you know, am I really helping these designers by giving them a five star and not being honest? Um, you know, and there's an area to give detailed feedback and, you know, as far as I would go is thank you for your time with five stars. And as I look back on that and I think about, you know, think about that and, you know, am I helping them or am I hurting them? If I'm not being honest about their designs and giving them constructive criticism and, you know, telling them what I like or don't like about it, you know, I'm shortchanging them and I'm shortchanging myself because I'm not, pushing myself to, um, one, 
have my voice be heard and to be true to how I feel. I've always been really good to, you know, kind of, I would either push it under and push it in or hold it in so long that I just implode and then explode. Um, and that's something that's not, it's not a good character trait to have. And when, for me, um, moving forward. So it's funny how you, you know, I'm learning these life lessons and I'm becoming very aware and I've, I've prayed for discernment and I'm, I'm, you know, I know that it's always been available, but I just don't know if I ever really opened myself up fully to that discernment. And, um, and this, it's, it's funny where you can find it. So again, um, you know, what would I want uh, if somebody were talking to me about what I'm doing? And if I wanted to be the very best, I want people to be honest with me, you know, in a loving, caring way. Of course, that's not always going to happen. Um, you're going to have people that are going to be brutally honest and they're going to tell you everything they don't like. And, and it, you may not tell you anything that they do like. And, you know, that's where that's life and that's business and that's um where it comes into you hang on to what is useful to you and you let go of what isn't and that's part of interesting because it always goes back to this uh book that i'm reading expert secrets by russell brunson and there's a passage in there where he speaks on you know you 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 begin to um go out and become a reporter and talk to people about how they got to where they're at and and you pull in the things that you want and you start you see you know how could I use that and the things that aren't useful you discard that and that's part of that um feedback and, and it's going to come and you're going to take what you want and you're going to leave the rest behind but for me I always tend to forget about all the good things I was told um, and just focus on, on the bad. And that's not a bad thing if, if you could do, make, if I can make healthy boundaries on that. Okay. This is where the critique came from, whether, you, you know, that negative critique and how can I make myself better and use that to, um, give me momentum and not stay stuck in this, you know, licking my wounds and woe is me and I suck and I can't do this. And why am I even trying, you know, all that stuff that starts playing in my head. And then I go down that rabbit hole. Um, so I am going to, with the remaining logos that I have to eliminate, I'm, since I put this out there and I know that what I'm doing is not helpful to them is to be a better, um, you know, to be better at that and to have a stronger voice and, and do it in a way that they receive that feedback as helpful and not as criticism. So it's all in the delivery. Um, so that was my experience and that was my lesson for yesterday. Um, and then looking here at um, where I'm at with the with the book Expert Secrets, we've talked a little bit about, you know, right now I'm in the section one and we've talked a little bit about how to create your movement and what you need for that. Um, and, and I want to talk a little bit about secret one within that section. It's um, 
finding your voice, finding my voice. And there are five phases within that, you know, and he says in stage one that to become an expert, we have to step into the role as a leader um, to guide my dream customers to their destination. And I have two two sides to the, my dream customer. It's the consumer and then it's the professional within my industry. Um, so I'm looking at it, which most people I'm, I'm sure are, look at it and two, two, two sides of the coin. Um, and then to do that, there are five phases. And I've talked a little bit about this. You know, first you have to become a dreamer. You have to find that spark and what drives you and what, where is your interest? And, um, you know, what is it that, it can get you up every morning to get up and um, and prosper yourself and prosper others. And I have found that. So I'm super blessed I found that, you know, back in 2011 and um, was able to work on it and then step aside for reasons, you know, that turned out to be great blessings uh, on the other side of them. And, um, but now here I am back for the last two and a half years working, um, diligently eight, 10 hours a day, some days, um, and then some days not <laughs> to get to, you know, the, this place that I'm at right now. But I've, I quickly realized that, um, the big picture is too big and I needed to rein it in. And that's how I found this book. And part of what he says within those five phases, again, one is being a dreamer, two is becoming a reporter. And that's obviously currently what I'm doing, working on finding my voice um, and it, it, researching and reading and taking all those things in that I feel are going to help me and letting the rest go and then interviewing those people that one day soon, well, one day, I won't put a timeline on it, um, interview those people who've written the books that I've read or who do the podcast, who've written the articles and, you know, all that studying that I, that I have to do. And who were those, who are those people that I consider my mentors and to start interviewing them and become that reporter? But stage three, phase three, um, you have to be a framework creator. So this is, this is where I'm at right now. So I, I'm in the process of becoming, I found my, my dream, my spark. I am in the process of becoming a reporter. And then phase three is building my framework. So what is building a framework? So the big picture in this gets me all crazy. Um, and Russell talks about, you know, having, a strategy and, um, you know, building, building out that strategy. And then, you know, within that strategy, you have your, your smaller little homework pieces and your little missions within that framework and, or within that strategy. And that's not, that's not the exact words he used, um, in, in regards to the strategy, but like, he says the um, tactics is the word. So the strategy is the big picture, and the tactics are the are the what's within that strategy. And that's what I've really got to focus on is the tactics, because I can look at this the strategy of where I've got to go, and I'm I get really overwhelmed, and I um you know I have too many things like rolling around in the air in my head and trying to figure it all out and you know that's impossible so to 
boil it down to the tactics is, is much more manageable. And it says in the... Um, what he says in building your framework is as you create the process for achieving the results, then you have to test your framework. So what is a framework um, that someone must follow to get the results um, that you want them to have? So it's it's like the, the contents of a book. When you write a book, you have the table of contents. So that's the framework. And that's where I'm at right now. So I have to whittle down that process that somebody has to go to or through to get the results, the end results that I desire for them to have. Um, and I've talked about this before. I can, I can see it in my mind's eye. I'm not always good at verbalizing it. And I think this is what's really going to help me is to be able to really um, take a finite look at it and help me understand, okay, what what is that process? And then to once I build out that framework and what's that process that I want somebody to take, then I have to walk that process myself. And, and make sure that it works and that it's, it's, um, usable and that it's, it will be successful. And, um, then present it to my cut, my dream customer. So, so I have to just sit here for a second. And my nature is to keep moving forward, whether I get it or not. Like I, I say, okay, I'm, I'll figure it out later. Let's jump ahead, see if there's something else that I can do that's like quick for me and fast. But without the framework, that's the foundation. Um, and I can't jump ahead of this. If I'm going to do this right, if I'm going to, um, you know, come out the other side of this and say, okay, I succeeded because I took directions and I really, um, soaked in and took in everything that I was, that I read and that I was told and that I wanted to do, you know, that those pieces that I chose to follow and, or, um, you know, come out the other side and say, okay, well, I did everything I could. It still wasn't successful, but at least I followed direction. Um, and following directions, Oh, you know, I, I want to take shortcuts. I, I could talk to my kids and tell them, you got to follow directions. You got to, you got to do this and you're supposed to do that. And, you know, but if I can't be that example, if I can't do it myself, how can I expect my or demand or however, you know, um, in that moment that I'm trying to convey the importance of following directions to those around me, if I can't do it myself and, um, so it says with the, the step one of um, creating that framework is I have to create a hypothesis. Um, the larger frameworks will have the smaller frameworks inside of it. So again, that goes back to the strategy and the tactics. Um, step two is test my frameworks on myself. And then um, so I wonder how long that's going to take. <laughs> I guess it'll take as long as it takes. And it's it's about the journey. 
Um, I just feel like I've, I've got so much wasted time and that I, I wish I would have found this book five years ago, three years ago, back in 2011 when I first started. Um, but the what it could have should is I'm, you know, can't, can't change that, but I'm here where I'm at today and it's okay. And it's the way it's supposed to be. And I, you know, I'm like, I want to put one thing down. I want to, because I'm such a perfectionist that I, you know, am multitasking. I'm, I tend to hyper-focus in one area and say, okay, well, I got to get this exactly right. Um, and I'm going to put this down because I can't move forward here until I get this exactly right. And I've got, I'm really going to have to work on that in this regard because I can still move forward in one area as I'm developing this framework. Um, because I, if I don't, I'm afraid I'm going to set myself up for failure. Um, and he, he, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to set myself up um, with that thought of everything has to be perfect. And if it's not, then you just, you're at a standstill until it is. Um, it's, you know, and I'm self-talking right now because I'm trying to talk myself out of that perfectionism, that mindset that I have right now that I have to get this framework. I have to understand every piece of it and I don't understand any of it. And, but I will and it's, um, it will come and it will take time and time takes time. And today I'm going to give it that. I'll give it the time that it, it needs and it deserves and without being paralyzed. Um, and is perfectionism like the same as fear? I think it's very close, uh, family member. <laughs> so that's where I'm at and that's what I'm working on. And I, uh, I'm, uh, you know, it's slowly by little and the steady Eddie and slow and steady wins the race. And I thank you for being here with me today and um, listening to my rambles. And, um, you know, I know I'll, again, I'm not alone. I'm, you know, we don't have to be a scaredy cat and <laughs> it's okay if we are. We're human and it's, you know, part of life and it's what we do with that fear, the insecurity, the um, self-doubt, you know, whatever it is that we're telling ourselves, um, if we can cancel that with something good, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be this grandiose, boastful, you know, overconfident person, but I also don't want to, you know, make myself less than what I really am. Because that's unfair. Because, um, you know, I'm, I don't, and I know a lot of us are like this. We don't give ourselves enough credit. And I, I was listening to some, uh, a radio show yesterday and the, the DJ was just talking about, you know, um, the way that we speak to ourselves. If we can look at how we talk to young children and how we affirm them and how we're gentle with them. And if we could turn that around and do the same with us, with ourselves, we, we would be so much better for it. We'd be, um, 
much better human beings. I believe much more confident if I could learn to be a little more forgiving and more gentle on myself. And um, I'm getting there. And through this journey, I believe that on the other side, you know, I'll be a much better person. <laughs> well, not that I'm not a good person. I'm a good person, but a much better person to myself, which then it turns helps me to be kinder, gentler, um, more patient, more understanding, more forgiving, take less offense. Um, you know, if, if I could just give myself that first, then I can learn to give it to others. So anyway, that's my rambles for today. I'm glad you were here and we will see you tomorrow.